Hello and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor SF Walker and I am here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. Today we look at Reader Come Home, The Reading Brain in a Digital World by Marianne Wolf. Human beings were never born to read. The acquisition of literacy is one of the most important epigenetic achievements of Homo sapiens. To our knowledge, no other species ever acquired it. The act of learning to read added an entirely new circuit to our hominids' brain repertoire. What we read, how we read, and why we read changes how we think. Changes that are continuing now at a faster pace. In a span of only six millennia, reading became the transformative catalyst for intellectual development within individuals and within literate cultures. The quality of our reading is not only our index and the quality of our thought, it is our best known path to developing whole new pathways in the cerebral evolution of our species. There are no shortcuts to becoming a good reader, but there are lives that propel and sustain it. Aristotle wrote that a good society has three lives, the life of knowledge and productivity the life of entertainment, and the Greeks' special relationship to leisure, and finally, the life of contemplation. Our brain goes about rewiring us in a much more ingenious way. Faced with something new to learn, the human brain not only rearranges its original parts. An example, the structures and the neurons responsible for essential functions such as vision and hearing but it is also able to refit some of its existing neural groups in those same areas to accommodate the particular need for the new function. In contrast, reading, oral language, is one of our more basic human functions and as such it possesses dedicated genes that unfold with minimal assistance to produce our capacities to speak and understand and think with words. In language, nature is nurtured by need in a fairly universal sequence around the world. This is why a young child placed in any typical language environment will learn to speak that language virtually without instruction. This is a wondrous thing. Not so with newbie developments such as reading. To be sure, there are genes involved for basic capacities such as language and vision that become rearranged to form a, a new circuit. But in and of themselves, these genes do not produce the ability to read. We, human beings, have to learn to read. That means we must have an environment that helps us develop and connect a complex assortment of basic and not so basic processes so that every young brain can form its own brand new reading circuit. When we reflect, the sentence means literally a way of thinking. 
we realize that a sentence is both an opportunity and a limit of thought. What we have to think with and what we have to think in. It is moreover a feelable thought. It is a pattern of felt sense. Deep readings, most tangible, sensorily evocative processes, our capacity to form images when we read. How do we do this? As the artist-writer Peter Mendelssohn emphasized, what we see when we are reading helps us to co-create images with the author, or sometimes, as in some fiction, through the author's surrogate. It is similarly the case for the voice of the narrator we hear in both fiction and non-fiction. Sarah Conrath, in her research group at Stanford University, showed a 40% decline in empathy in our young people over the last two decades, with the most decline in the last 10 years. The loss of empathy is attributed largely to their inability to navigate the online world without losing track of their real-time, face-to-face relationships. In this view, our technologies place us at a remove, which changes not only who we are as individuals, but also who we are with one another. To read closely, or to read for entertainment, different regions of the brain become activated, including multiple areas involved in motion and touch. Neuroscientists from Emory University and from York University have shown how networks in the areas responsible for touch, called the somatosensory cortex, are actually activated when we read metaphors about texture, and also how motor neurons are activated when we read about movement. The consistent strengthening of the connections among our analogical, inferential, empathic, and background knowledge processes generalizes well beyond reading. When we learn to connect these processes over and over and over in our reading, it becomes easier to apply them in our own lives, teasing apart our motives and intentions and understanding with ever greater perspicacity and perhaps wisdom why others think and feel the way they do. Not only is the basis for the compassionate side of empathy, but it also contributes to strategic thinking. Only if we continuously work to develop and use our complex analogical and experiential skills, skills will the neural networks underlying them sustain our capacity to be thoughtful, critical analysts of knowledge rather than passive consumers of information. People are definitely dumber. They just keep passing stuff around. Nobody fact checks anything anymore. Separating truth from fiction takes time. Information literacy and an open mind, all of which seem in short supply in a distracted, polarized culture. We love to share instantly, and that makes us easy to manipulate. What we attend to and how we attend make all the difference in how we think. In the development of cognition, for example, children learn to focus their attention with ever more concentration and duration from infancy through adolescence. 
Learning to concentrate is an essential but ever more difficult challenge in a culture where distraction is omnipresent. Young adults, they learn to be less affected when moving from one stimulus to another because they have more fully formed inhibitory systems that at least in principle provide the option to override continuous distraction. Not so with younger children, whose inhibitory system and the other executive planning functions in their frontal cortex need a long time to develop. Attention in the very young is up for grabs and the digital world grabs it. Philosopher Nicholas of Cusa can help us. He believed that the best way to choose between two seemingly equal but contradicting perspectives, what he called the coincidence of opposites, was to assume the stance of learned ignorance in which one strives to thoroughly understand both positions and then goes outside them to evaluate and decide the course to be taken. To read, we need a certain kind of silence. It seems increasingly elusive in our over-networked society, and it is not contemplation we desire, but an odd sort of distraction, masquerading as being in the know. And in such a landscape, knowledge can't help but fall prey to illusion, albeit an illusion that is deeply seductive with its promise that speed can lead us to illumination, that it is more important to react than to think deeply. Reading is an act of contemplation, an act of resistance in a land of destruction, distraction. It returns us to a reckoning with time. David Eulen, please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy. Share it too and spread the word. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it and read. Never stop learning. Thank you. Love and respect.